What's going on, everybody? And welcome into the ninth episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast. Your host, as usual, Nick Malone, joined by my co-host, as usual. No alerts, know what's happening today on this Monday, July 19th. It's a good day. We got some several things to discuss. Uh, got a couple mailbags. We appreciate that. Things are starting to uh, get more and more mailbags, and we have more content, so that's good. That is good. You are right. And Noah, the big reason, we always try to have a main story or a main topic of news that comes out in both sports as to why we do a certain pod at least twice a week. And Noah, this one's pretty pretty big for basketball, kind of like how Sakuz was with not playing this past season, as we know. But Noah, we found out a couple days ago that guard Ben Harvey had surgery. And we went into the details and we found out what a surgery was. We will not say that until the team uh, displays it themselves or Ben himself gets specific. But he was on his Instagram saying how he had surgery. It was a success. Thanks for all the prayers and support throughout this tough time. Can't wait to get back on the court with my brothers. Noah, this was three days ago. Uh, We weren't sure. We were kind of nervous at first what this injury could have been. Uh, but as we know, Noah, it is not. It was not basketball related, right? That is correct. Uh, we reached out to a good source of ours, and uh, they told us it was not basketball related, and that it will be a short and good recovery. So he should be ready to go by season tip off. That's what we're thinking. Um, and you know, the kind of surgery that we know he had, we we're not familiar with it. We don't know exactly how long it would take but yeah short recovery time we are told nothing legit is hurt uh so that is great news Noah as we know Ben was going to be a key cog this season and still will you know we have a long time we have however many months I said earlier three and a half four and a half months until November hits and we know uh that's a lot of time especially since we know JD even and we'll give updates more that we hear about JD uh, about his situation with not having full contact yet in practices. So those are two key cogs to this season. So, no, yeah, Ben Harvey had surgery, and it is great that he's not going to be out for long because we were, we were thinking about if he was going to be out for long and it was a big surgery, who could fill in? And as we've talked about before, uh, we're thinking Foster Wonders, who has the same kind of traits as Ben Harvey is, coming in as a true freshman, the great ability to score Noah if Ben Harvey would have been out, and even now until he's not going to practice uh, for a while, that guys like Foster Wonders can step up and you know show something even more than they already have since they've been there to maybe just turn the tide in terms of even when Ben gets back slowly, comes back, and to play that Foster maybe steals his spot maybe, wouldn't you say? That would be correct. Uh, I looked I looked into, did a little research on the surgery he had, and what I what I read mostly is a full recovery to recover from this surgery he had is four to six weeks. So if you take that into perspective, that's maybe a month, month and a half. So he gets back, and once he gets back into shape, he should be full go by the time season gets here. Yes, and as, as we've been talking about, and as we just said, that is great news. We hope Ben, we wish Ben a speedy recovery and a quick recovery. As we know, it will be... Pretty quick. You said how many weeks? Four to six. Four to six. That's only about a month and a half. So we're wishing Ben the best. 
he had this three days ago. He posted on his Instagram. So it might have even been before that, whenever he felt the need to post it. So we haven't heard anything from the main account or Ben specifically on the injury itself, which we know, but we won't say that until it comes out from the team itself or him, as we've said. So moving on, I know, like we said, that was a huge uh, news to start off this podcast with today. And another one that we kept, the basketball account tweeted uh, that they're blessed to be back. Noah, they were in DuCoin earlier today, I believe, and they posted about not even barely an hour ago that they were in DuCoin for the uh, Nub Ability Athletic uh, Club that they got over there. Um, Where's exactly the Athletics Camp in nearby DuCoin, which the whole team outside of Harvey, which we are proud to say that the entire team was there because we were didn't know because we didn't see Anthony at uh, some of the things that, that's been going on with the team, but we can't confirm that the entire team outside of obviously Ben Harvey now was at the Snubability event where they go and they help these kids out. Uh, they help them dribble. They help them shoot just to be a warm presence, you know, because, you know, they're big figures in this whole area. So to go, because I've been familiar with a lot of people that I follow and even my social accounts to go and do these types of things to help to um help these people out and to be a warm presence as i mentioned so the whole team was there noah uh like i said it was cool to see them doing this let alone that seeing the entire team is here in carbondale and working every day yeah it's good to see that uh i know that our football team does some of this stuff too but our basketball team's out there and just really helping these kids out and instructing them and inspiring them and encouraging them not that just because they're a traumatic amputee uh, so young that there's, they can compete and learn the game and not not to give up and just continue continuing to learn the games they love to play and that they can play it too still. Yeah, and, it, and it's great to see how a lot of these players look like they were really proud to be there. I know Dalton and Steven had time. We, we weren't going to play the video. You guys can go to their account and look at it. Um, they were helping them dunk. They were reaching them up, helping them dunk. Like I said, helping them dribble, and a lot of them were shooting, and a lot of them made a couple deep threes, a lot of good shots. So I know it was they were happy to be there, and they were glad to help out with that. As you mentioned, football also does the same kind of things. Um, so that's a great thing for them to do in this community. Um, to like like you like you mentioned, get these kids' spirits up and everything. And it, you know, just just because you know stuff like that happens to people, it doesn't. You know, it shouldn't be a, uh, a whatever it would be, a block in the road, for lack of a better term, because I know of a player, Noah, you know how I'm talking about, that one player that uh, I don't think doesn't have a left arm, but in how athletic, we see him on balls live for some, we see him posting a lot that he's dunking, he's dribbling, he's doing, he's even, he's probably 18 years old. And if he had if he had both arms, this dude would be, a absolute five star prospect, and he even seems like he's that close, even with only his right arm. I believe, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, he's a four star already. So four star, he might end up at a big school one day. Like I said, he's probably 18. We know he's still in high school. Unbelievable. So don't let this get you down in any in any way. If you strive for anything and you work at it, even with your deficiencies, you can make stuff like that happen. So we're really glad to see the SIU team be there for those kids. Uh, we mentioned that just because that happened today before we set up here for the podcast. We noticed that they posted that, so we wanted to get that in here. Now, no, there is uh, one new 2022 guy to add to our enormous list 
as we mentioned down the road, we will provide our own top five, top or 2022 prospects. We would like the team to sign. We would like most on the team based off need, based off anything. We will do that down the road whenever we think the, tw- the list like will stop or they quit, uh, you know, offering guys. Cause like I said, it's around 15 at, the, at least now. So no, we got one new guy and this came out when yesterday. Yes. Yesterday it came out that we had offered him. Go ahead and give us a lowdown. He is a three star at a Armorillo, Texas. I've seen him from six eleven to seven foot on multiple sites. His name is Cade Hornecker. That's how I would yeah. pronounce it. Um, he is a big man that has nice touch. He has. I've watched some. Nick and I both watched some of his tape. He has nice touch. It'll be it'll be a double double machine wherever he ends up. But uh, if you want to look at some of his offers, he has already got schools like Wyoming, Oklahoma, TCU, Kansas State, SMU, Creighton, Butler, Oral Roberts, Wichita State, Rice, Tulsa, UTSA, New Mexico have already offered. Then he's also receiving interest from schools like Oklahoma State, Ole Miss, Texas, Texas Tech, Gonzaga. Virginia and Liberty and Stephen F. Austin. I, I'm at a loss for words on that because that's probably the best list we have seen so far, and it might not even be close, especially that last bit of names you mentioned. Like I heard of Texas in there, and Texas is at its peak right now, as we know. They've been making a lot of moves for this upcoming season. No, that is unbelievable. We can't rule ourselves out yet because he is tweeting about us, so he is knowing that maybe we're showing him a lot of love and that he is he's making tweets about this about us so you know we're not going to rule ourselves out yet even though we deem ourselves a pretty good mid-major program but nothing compared to what other high major schools are so wow never count ourselves out don't we that is correct uh we never count out this staff it's, to yeah it's it's good to see that even though we may not land some of these type of big fish that we can still go out there and put our names out there and show that we are on the rise and maybe if we end up landing one of these big fish out of all the big fish in the sea that our program is going to be unstoppable one day exactly and not even our not only our ability to recruit Noah but we've talked so many times about if you win if you that if you win at a high level, get far, compete to be able to be in the NCAA tournament, that and you be on the national stage where people know about you. That or if you produce quality players that find themselves at the next level, not the NBA, but maybe you know if they're high level overseas players or just find their way per se. As we know, whether people were talking about it whenever Kevion was in dunking on Dwight Howard and the in the exhibitions a couple of years ago, like. It's stuff like that. And as we know, we're trying to be on the level, even where SIU football is, where you're starting to see a little bit of consistency to win. You know, SIU basketball, you know, like we mentioned two years ago in the stats, first year, picked 10th, finished 5th. That was a good start, and we were so close to beating Bradley. We ended up winning it all that year. Then last year, with the injuries and the COVID, got in our way, we finished 9th. Wasn't an ideal season, so we're hoping that this season turns the tide. You know, the news about Ben stinks, but he'll be ready. And then, you know, J.D. will get into contact soon. Stay away from injuries, hopefully. And we know COVID's still around, so hopefully we stay away from that as well. But it's just like you mentioned, you know, if we want to be able to be on that level, even with high-level recruits like that, you know, putting us in there and tweeting about us, that there's still a chance, even with our staff and everything, that 
we've, we talked about so many times that if you if you win, it'll all come. It'll all fall right in your in your lap with everything, right? That is correct. Uh, just go other other news around. We a lot of our guys are playing on the AAU circuit, and I seen this on Saturday that one of our main point guard targets, Tayshon Comer, uh, helped. It was he says is excellent down the stretch from finishing with a game high of 21 points as him and his AAU program moved on to three and three and one at the peach jam. So we know that's a big old tournament. So that's just good to see that he, he's one of our main targets, I believe at point guard position. So he is playing well and a lot of other guys that we are looking at are on the AAU circuit. So it's good to see for sure without a doubt. So that's a little, that's the only update we have on one of our guys right now, as we see on Twitter, that we'll be sure to uh, keep letting you guys know how those guys are doing. You know, because we always follow these guys on Twitter, or maybe they'll follow us back, but as soon as we know they like, take us out of a list or they go somewhere else, we unfollow them. So we try to give you as much info about them as we can until they choose that they're not coming here, and then we kind of just shut them off or, you know, take them, take them out of our lives, per se. Uh, so... So that's a little update on them. Before we get into other news around the Valley, Noah, some, some noteworthy news around the Valley a little bit. Uh, we missed on our last pod, we just want to mention it because we just look on our feed, that uh, some birthdays for some of the players on the team. Trent Brown had a birthday on the 12th. We, we didn't talk about that on the last one, so happy belated to Trent Brown. And then a couple, two days ago, actually, on the, what is today? On the 17th, it was Stephen Verplanken Jr., my boy, Steven. Can't wait to see what he does this year. It was his birthday, so happy belated to him as well. So, Noah, now let's get into what everybody around the Valley is doing now. Yep, uh, same thing as us. A lot of Drake. I've seen a lot of Drake in the last couple of days. They're offering some guys, whether it's 2023, 2022. But uh, last, I believe it was Friday. Yeah, Friday. uh Missouri State landed a 2022 commit and 6-7 forward Jonathan Dunn. He has the grit, the energy, and explosive athleticism. He, I watched some of his tape. He's going to be a star, a problem in the Valley. He's one of those. He he uh, on the 30th of June, he, he was at an unofficial visit to Missouri, Texas Tech. He went to Texas Tech. So, he even t- he, on the 20th of June, he got an offer from Texas Tech. So, that just tells you the type of player he is. That's scary. For sure. But, other than around the Valley, a lot of other guys just offering guys and recruiting guys, offering nothing big yet has happened. Uh I believe uh, besides Loyola landing theirs before our last, last pod and Missouri State now, they're the only guys that have 2022 commits so far. Okay, yeah. And as we mentioned before or earlier, whenever we talked about that new guy that they landed, that Missouri State just kind of is building their own college super team or their own Valley super team with adding Donovan Clay, as we know, and then adding another step like this. They keep just creeping up there right around there with Drake for the – for the team to be this year, just super team. And then we're going to have to go, you know, all the stops to beat a team like that home and on the road, which we know we're a really good home team. So we like our chances there. Road is a tough place to play. Everywhere in the Valley is tough to play, so we'll be ready for that. 
Now, no, there is another some other noteworthy news inside the valley, non-recruit wise. This is team wise now, right? Yeah, I can also mention before I get to uh, I'm some of the teams as MTE has been brackets have been set, but this is really cool news. But inside the valley, that the AD for Bradley, Doctor Reynolds, Chris Reynolds, has been named the NCAA chair of the NCAA men's basketball selection committee for 2022-2023. Wow. So that's pretty high praise. That's national level right there, yeah. So that's pretty high praise for him. But getting into some NTE stuff, probably one of the biggest ones is Drake. They land in the – this is the ESPN event invitational – November 25th through the 28th in Orlando at the Disney event. I'm as soon as I've seen this, sent it to Nick because we're big Disney fans and we we went a couple years ago when they played down in Florida in Kissimmee, but they didn't play at ESPN Worldwide of Sports out on Disney like Drake is able to. But we'd love to have something like that one day. Uh, Drake lands the first round matchup against Belmont out of the OVC, a very solid program. Always guess, the team to beat in that conference, almost. Besides Murray State or a couple other teams, yes, they are the team to beat. Um, the winner of that gets the, I'll just run through, Iona or Alabama. So that's Rick Pitino and Alabama. So great matchup. Then on the other side of the bracket, there's Dayton versus Miami. Then there's North Texas versus Kansas. So that's going to be a heck of a tournament to watch. You're going to see Drake on a big stage and play teams like that. And they can definitely hold their own. They can definitely beat a uh, Belmont. But then moving on, Alabama's deemed a Final Four team again this year. And then you got Kansas adding Remy Martin. They will be a problem as well. So that, that is high level. We're hoping one day Drake winning a the plan, the tournament, getting to the team. Obviously, their ability to bring everybody back. But their ability to succeed and get these opportunities. That's that's the level we hope we get at one day. We remember a decade ago or more whenever SIU was playing Duke, when they were playing UCLA. You know, we want to be able to be in tournaments like that once again, like Drake is right now. We're, we love the one. Colorado won a uh, tournament game last year. Colorado State's on the rise. They almost got in. They lost in the NIT. But, you know, we're starting to be on that level. And, tournament so NTEs are always a very important start of your season because they'll look back on it for your resume down the way if you lost by five to a really high major team you know they won't really count fully that against you so if you keep it close or whatever but yeah I mean games like that that's what we hope to be here in a couple of years or next year yeah moving on uh, northern Iowa they are in the I forget what it's called they land against in their MTV actually scheduling news you and i is hosting richmond as a home game so that is a solid program quality yeah that's a quality program coming into northern iowa but they land their first game in the airlines diamond head classic in hawaii against liberty so a they've made the tournament last year wyoming versus stanford's also in that byu versus south florida and vanderbilt versus hawaii so that is out in Hawaii, that's going to be a cool experience out in Honolulu. Yeah, that's not a bad tournament at all. They can maybe win that. There's a lot of good teams, a lot of tournament teams, as you said, but that's winnable. Knowing how good we think they'll be. So around the Valley, that's all the MTE. You have the update on a really important player in the Valley, though, for that Northern Iowa team, correct? Uh, yes, that is correct that I've seen. 
couple weeks ago, we yet to mention it, slipped my mind that AJ Green is fully cleared for contact and that he is back. So that's big for them. But another another um, fault for Drake, they lose backup forward to a torn ACL, Issa Samake. So that's big for them. He averaged 10 minutes a game last year, so he has a big their depth. Yeah, he, sure. he he's a big energy guy, and uh, I think I think I remember seeing Roman Penn maybe had a little bit of setback in his injury, but really? Hempel is back and back as well. Wow, uh, a setback for Roman Penn would be awful. We know he can definitely win Player of the Year in the Valley. He almost did if he didn't get hurt. So that's tough, and then losing. You know, some death pieces like what's his name. We wish him the best. So, you know, like we said, we, we don't want to we want to play these teams at their best. So whenever we play Drake down the road, we were wishing they had their full team. If we beat them, that'd be really cool to talk about. But wish him the best. All right, Noah. Um, moving on here. Actually, I wanted to mention because we mentioned MTEs that we want to remind everybody that SIU and the Paradise Jam and the Virgin Islands. If you go to the Paradise Jam Twitter account, I think late in June they posted about. Uh, some fan, some ways, some some updates for how fans can easily be accessible to go to this trip. If you guys want to check that out, exactly. Um, let me look that up here, actually, real fast. So you guys want to go check that out? We we play the 19th through the 22nd of November in that tournament. Uh, they wanted to, because uh, the women play like a week after that. But they wanted to, they had an update on the fan travel packages. So if you guys want to go check that out on the Paradise Jam Twitter account, we follow them. Just be sure to search them or whatever. Quick note, before we talk about it later on, we want to talk about uh, the teams that are in it again, because I saw Northeastern post something earlier. Northeastern's in that. Duquesne, Creighton, Colorado State, uh, Brown. That's right, Brown. We know Bradley's in it. And then our first round matchup of Colorado. So we just mentioned the other team. The teams that Drake, you and I are playing, we want to mention ours again in case people forgot. And we'll, like we said, as soon as we get closer to that time, we'll be sure to talk about that more in detail as well. So now, Noah, let's uh, get into... I, I had a uh, I had a topic I just wanted to cover. It'll be short and sweet because we were talking about... Because we, I think we are talking about that recruit and the teams that he was in on and the fact that we're in on them, that if there was a time, either on the current team, which we'll go through those, we'll just mention who exactly... But uh, if there was a team or a player back in the day that we can recall, we tried to look it up, didn't really find much, that got offered or got looked at by really big schools, bigger schools, not maybe to the utmost, but semi-big schools that ended up choosing us over them. No, we couldn't really think of some, and we'll get to the one that actually had the that biggest thing for the current team. Yeah, immediately when you were thinking about that, I thought back to Kevin Diller because I know mentioned, well, in-state-wise mentioned when uh, we were talking about Troy last podcast that Troy's the biggest in-state recruit since Kevin Diller back in 08. So I immediately thought about him. I thought to the Jordan Caroline type since he ended up at Nevada and came out of a really school down in Florida, Monteverde, so schools like that. So I just thought of something like him, or you mentioned Dion Lavender. Uh, I even thought of maybe Armand Fletcher coming out of Edwardsville or something like that. But really not as big as big as uh, offers as we've seen. But the biggest is we went to this year's team and Ben Troy 
had schools like St. Louis and Loyola after him, and uh, that's really all we found, really. Yeah, and we even thought back to even further back, like Carlton Fay, and we didn't look up like Jamal Tatum or any of them, like any of them, but yeah, I mean, kind of like the, you know, the mid-major, like decent mid-majors for a lot of these guys. I wanted to look up Armand's. I'll look up him here in a second. But I we, believe it was us and SIUE. Yeah, SIUE for I remember that as well because it was in his it was right down the street from him at the time. So you're right. I think to save me from having to look it up, I think you were correct on that. We want to look up because we we know Cash coming in here. Not only whenever he started and whenever he first chose uh, UNLV and then worked his way to where he was at Little Rock, uh, we looked up because uh, I remember when, whenever we tweeted about him that there was interest in him and in our and our. Uh, uh, feed of all the recruits we were in on or all the transfers. We were thinking of his because he had some decent ones. He probably has the biggest ones of the transfers we've gotten. Bradley, DePaul, and East Carolina. East Carolina and the AAC and DePaul, as we know, especially he's from Chicago, so we were really glad to pick him out of there to not go to DePaul. Those are some decent ones. You mentioned Troy with his. I know Marcus had some decent ones. Lance, a lot of them had uh, Milwaukee on their lists. And as we know, Patrick Baldwin, one of the top recruits in this 2021 class, went there uh, because of his dad was coaching there. So we'll be seeing maybe a lot of him this season. But decent program. A lot of a lot of them were in on him. Um, really nothing huge, though, otherwise. We just wanted to talk about that because we were curious. And we went back, and there wasn't really anything or anybody huge for a lot of these guys. So uh, we just wanted to mention that. Yeah, uh, I think uh, looking at – also looking at this the scene we have now, Steven, I believe when he coming out, he had like Southern Utah and St. Bonaventure. St. Bonaventure is a really good program in the A ten A ten, so that's a really good one. And I was trying to think of we some did, others. Uh, Lance Jones we know was a hard recruit from of uh, Brendan Mullins and Illinois State at the time, whenever Barry was still in charge. Uh, but we landed him over because we know he's from the Evanston area, Chicago area, so Illinois State halfway there. It was closer to home for him. We were really glad that he did not choose there, obviously, and he's here. And I believe Anthony, he was uh, Lipscomb, DePaul, Missouri State, DePaul, yeah. Wyoming, so teams like that. So that's a – We were we were nervous on Anthony. We thought he was going to go to DePaul. We were really surprised to see that he chose us. We know Kyler. We knew Presbyterian was big on him, and I think SIUE made a – quick push on him too so we were glad to get him because at the very beginning of the recruiting process we saw him and we said we got to get this kid like we think we thought he was top of our board at least and now he's here as well marcus had a huge list no one of uh you know huge i'll just read through him real fast green bay of course indiana state uh wright state montana state idaho state elon western michigan akron air force american bucknell milwaukee of course lance was also a lot, like I said, a lot of the teams were Milwaukee was in on, and the Northern Kentucky, you know, as we know, he was committed there, and their head coach went to Cincinnati and then got in trouble, no longer coaching there. Thank goodness he left for Cincinnati, right? Absolutely. Um, trying to think of some others. Uh, I don't remember what Barrett Benson had coming from Northwestern. I assume he had some decent looks. Uh, thinking about him, then uh, speaking, going back to Anthony, being worried about DePaul, it was between. Anthony and um, the other Polly Polly Cap, one of the best yeah. names I've ever heard. He was in our, we were in his final four, I believe, as well. And he ended up at DePaul, and we got Anthony. So that was a 
And I believe he transferred from DePaul already, so yeah. that's a good... He went somewhere, I'm not sure exactly where. But here we are now on Barrett, and I looked his... Uh, this was, you know, the transfer coming out of uh, Northwestern, I'm not sure. But uh, before, when he was in high school, as we know, he was at like a 3.3 star, and we looked up, like, Deion Lavender and Jordan Caroline were... Because we looked at even stars. You know, if you're a high star, you're going to get a lot of looks, too. Those guys were about two and a half, three. Bear was a three and a 3.3 at a high school. Iowa, Vanderbilt, Purdue, Indiana, Illinois, Penn State, DePaul, Loyola, USC, Kansas State, Oregon State, and Nebraska. Wow. And as we remember, Barrett had to be behind a pretty solid big in Northwestern. He didn't really get the opportunities. Uh, but he, when he was in there, I think he made the most of them. And obviously, we, he, he set the – he. Uh, Paved the way for leadership in this new era at SIU. We're really glad for him. And then Brendan Gooch had a Purdue offer at a high school. We know he was a great player. Purdue offer. Uh, who else? Off the top of your head, do you remember? We'll have to look it up. But he had a Purdue. We were really surprised. We knew he was a great player. We played him in high school, being in the same South Seven Conference. He played on heck of a high school team so probably at state title games Purdue saw him and thought hey we might be able to develop this kid Western Illinois San Jose State at SIUE St. Louis Purdue Illinois Indiana State Missouri State so some Valley teams as well and as you know he didn't really live up to those kind of expectations in college maybe he just I don't know something happened something got in his way but as we know we still have McKendry and he's back there for another season so just a fun little topic uh, now Noah we have a couple mailbags, and we love because now we're getting a couple mailbags each and every pod. Uh, there was our first one. Mitchell and Marion, as we know, he has been very active in football and basketball, mainly basketball. And he wanted to know, He uh, this past Wednesday, he DM'd us and asked, expectations for Lance Jones this year? He has a couple questions. We'll just pick it apart one by one. Expectations for Lance Jones this year, Noah. Um, expectations for me, it's doing, doing what he's been doing, continuing to get better. Um, I'd say 15 plus points a game he's going to do easily. And I could see, I know there's a lot of good guards around the Valley, but first or second team in the Valley. That's exactly what I was thinking. I think that I also think he, he needs to, and I remember in our way too early predictions, I had him as defensive player of the year. We know he can get after it on that end as well. Uh, yeah, we're just expecting, like you said, the same thing he's been doing, you know, running the offense, penetrating, uh, kicking out to the open man, getting his own in a sense. You know, we know he's improved his shooting. And as you mentioned, his averages, keep those averages up, make sure he's there. And I know Cash is here now. Cash is here to maybe take the load off of Lance a little bit in terms of scoring and defense that he didn't have really around him in his first couple of years here. And just experience. Experience is on his side, getting that extra year like all these guys. But I think if Lance stays consistent in the offseason like we know he probably has, uh, we know he had a chip on his shoulder. We know one of his best friends passed away before the season. We know he had that on his mind a lot, and he wanted to play for him, and we saw that this year. So, yeah, first or second team, and just an absolute show out. We know, uh, I can't believe we're already halfway through uh, these guys' careers, and the COVID year helps them add to another year. But, you know, these guys are setting legacies here. I, him and Marcus are our cornerstones, as we said, even halfway through their freshman years, that these guys will be our guys. And, 
we're definitely expecting Lance Jones to have another big year, as I'm sure he's expecting of himself. So uh, those are what we think, Lance. We're really counting on him. Hopefully he stays healthy. We still beat Bradley after he got hurt, but we know not having him in the Loyola game killed our chances because, as we mentioned, at the end of the season, those last two games at Loyola, he put us on his back. and We almost knocked off them twice at their place. So yeah. getting Lance as healthy as possible is key, too. To remind everybody what he did last year as a sophomore, he ended up third-team All-MVC, second-team MVC Scholar athlete, started 25 games for us. He led the MVC in three-point field goal percentage, ranked eighth in the MVC in scoring at 13.4 a game, fourth in steals at 1.4. In MVC-only games, he ranked fifth in MVC scoring at 14.7, fifth in three-point field goal percentage at 41%. He was sixth in minutes at 32.9, seventh in steals at 1.2. He led SIU in scoring assists and steals, scored double figures 18 times, including four 20-point games. He scored 30 points in a true grow game against nationally ranked Loyola. And he hit seven three-pointers in a win over Northern Iowa, the most three-pointers in a game since any Saluki since Kent Williams in 2000. Unbelievable. And as soon as Marcus went down, we knew a lot of people had to step up. But we knew, and he knew, and everyone knew that he had to step up when that happened. We know that they're, they're both better when they're together. And we knew Lance had to up the notch in scoring in every aspect. And he did that. Again, we didn't have the season that we wanted. A lot of things happened. But... Um, so happy that Lance is still here because we heard some rumblings a while back that we didn't think he was going to stay here. And I knew I didn't believe him at the time because he knows that he could build a legacy here and he's definitely on his way there. So Lance, we love you and we can't wait to watch you this season. Just keep doing what you're doing and be an all-time sleuthy one of these days. Yeah, I know now we got a part of that question by Mitchell as well. Projected starting five. We did cover this again, but since if other people have not listened and they listen to this one, we both have different uh, parts of the offense that we like. We think we'll go small or big. I think we'll go big. You think we'll go small. Let's quickly give what our starting five is this year. Maybe a six-man. We'll add a six-man in there. And like we said, when the season gets closer, we might do another one. Yeah, my starting five, what I would do, it's Lance Jones, Trent Brown, Cash Coupette, Marcus Damask, and if healthy, J.D., but probably Anthony Diavonzo. And Kyler will be the first one off the bench probably. Yeah, it is. I think it depends. Uh, no, that's not wrong at all. It's either Dalton or Steven in terms of yours. It depends who's in foul trouble. That can change unless you're the NBA and you know exactly who your sixth man is per se and that he's going to come in and fill his role. I think it depends on foul trouble. You're going small. I'm going big because, as I mentioned before, first two years we've gone small. We haven't had the depth at, like we've had before. It would be, would be nice to keep Saku in here with, you know, the uh, buildup of Scotty towards this depth and getting Saku he- or JD healthy. I just think in the first two years, you know, we haven't done what we've wanted to do. A lot of things have gotten in our way, but we've gone small. We've gone out rebounded at least 60% of our games the last two years, I bet. So, and that's a big percentage. That's not exact. It seems about right. Um, I think that we need to go big. And since we have the depth now, we have size at guard as well that we need to take advantage of it. And because if we don't get out, if we don't allow second chance points, I mean, we easily could have won so many more games over the last couple of years, you know, because first year Barrett was really the main one, you know, main big Gooch had to play big too. But Barrett was the main one rebounding. Uh, we know we can count on Marcus, you know, to rebound. 
And, you know, with Cash is coming in, we know Lance can, like, everybody can rebound in this sense. And so for my five, I'm going to go with Lance, Cash at the two. It's a huge lineup. Cash at the two, Marcus at the three. Anthony, because he is coming back, they didn't tell him he wasn't going to sit the bench. And I think if he starts at the five, he can rebound. We know what he can do in the paint, but I feel like if we uh, put another big next to him to where he is that, like, uh, stretch four in a sense with his rebounding, and then you add a JD if he's healthy, which we, we're thinking D- JD can be a defensive player of the year type of uh, – can put up that kind of season. We know that's what he was at a Juco, as we mentioned before. So if he's healthy, he's in there, or Kyler. We know Anthony and Kyler played really well together this past season when they had to. But we, since we know that uh, we have three bigs and then we have Scotty coming off the bench as well, if he's in there. We know we have depth. I think we should start two bigs knowing that we have potentially two off the bench. And they're all going to get, you know, if we have too many, if you have Anthony Starr and then you have J.D. and Kyler, two uh, post-heavy guys off the bench, we got to get just the right mix in there. I, I don't want to get out rebounding. I'm tired of allowing second-chance points and losing because of that whenever we look at the box score at the end of the game. So, um what do you say? Yeah, uh, I and think it depends on matchups. If for the team me, goes big, then we go big, vice versa. For me, what was why I stay small is getting a guy like Cash Coupet, a guy that's athletic enough he can hit the boards. Getting Marcus back healthy, we know he's a decent rebounder. Lance Jones likes to rebound. If all our guys go, I just feel like on the other side. Not on the defensive side, but on the offensive side, we can take advantage of so many things. Having Marcus at the four and with Anthony at the five, we have five guys can knock down a three at any time starting. So I just feel like that's really dangerous and can help us out really big time. You're not wrong. And I know, as we said, Lance has improved his shooting. So if you went the lineup that I did, you have Lance's ability to shoot Marcus's. And I, we've seen Cassius tape. We know he can shoot too. And Anthony can shoot. And I think – we're doing nice high-low action, kind of a four-out-one-in. We we saw a lot, a lot of high-low from Anthony and Kyler this past season that worked out a lot. Or, you know, J.D. can work into that, too, in Kyler's spot, vice versa, that if, if they can get that down and do it well, like if they know it's simple basketball, if they know they're going to throw down, you know, a high-low from Anthony to Kyler and they, you know, kind of play the middle of it, expecting the pass that Anthony can hit that three, hit that shot right there at a consistent level. So, a lot of things can go into uh, what the starting five could be. I guess, because I mentioned my five, my six man, I guess, it would depend. I think foul trouble aside, any of the guards, Steven, Dalton, Trent, uh, especially if you add, you'll be a little smaller on the bench, I guess, but if Foster plays, he's bigger. Troy, six seven, he's almost as big as our centers. And then one of the bigs, as I said, or two of the bigs, actually, it's all there. It's all there to have the deep, solid bench. Either I'm going to come off foul trouble dependent. So um, that's what we think. I'm glad that we disagree because I know you mentioned that Brian's gone small before and there's no reason why he wouldn't. We think Trent's going to be better and he's been in the lineup for a long time. Uh, like I said, I just think that we've gone the last two years. We need to change something up a little bit in every aspect, not get out rebounded. So. Mitchell, there's that answer. And then he, his last one was biggest improvements that we can expect out of the entire team this year. Improvements. Improvements. I could go ahead and say our rebounding. Our rebounding yeah, rebounding. Our size is there now. Rebounding. Um, health. Health. Hopefully. Is our biggest one. Depth. Depth. Depth is probably the biggest and one. rebounding. Depth and rebounding. 
because we, we've said 11 players that we could use. Let's actually count them because that was the number. I'm probably right, but let's count them. Either of our fives. So let, let's just name them. Lance, Cash, Marcus, Trent, Tyler, JD, Anthony, Stephen, Dalton. Would have been Ben Harvey. We're thinking ben, he'll be ready he'll be still. Back. So that's 10. Foster, that's 11. Scotty, that's 12. And then Troy, if he plays, that's 13. And then Chris, Reese, and Will will not be playing. That's 13, man. Did I do that right? 12, 13? 12, 12. Unbelievable. We know that's not going to be the case. We're on, we're not thinking Troy's going to play. I, I, Brian's got a tough, tough uh, job in terms of making that. He knows who works hard in practice and who's not. I remember I talked to someone earlier that said every minute's going to be earned by a lot of these guys. So, that's exactly right. So we know they work hard in practice to uh, to make that a thing, to make that um, you know worth those opportunities and have to earn everything. So. No, so Mitchell, I'd, we'd say rebounding in our depth is the biggest improvement for this team, um, and then obviously, yeah, health as well. So those are the three main improvements we think or hope that happens to this team this year. So there's Mitchell's. We had another one, didn't we? Know? Yes, we do. It's from Colton in St. Louis. As we mentioned, um, as we talked about before this, Colton, he said that he. He lives there, so he goes to Arch Madness. He also he's an alumni, and he works his way back down here for games every season when he can, when he gets the chance. So, what is his question, though? He wants to know the overall team, their ceiling this season, and their floor overall. So, as we discussed this before, we were getting ready for this. We were talking about it. There's two parts of it. There's an overall like where we think we can finish in the Valley and where we want this to t- this team like postseason wise, there's two parts. So for me, for the first part, it has to be fin- finishing in the top three, knowing how good those top three teams are is would be the ceiling for us. Probably for the regular season, the regular yeah, season. Sure. and uh, four, I can't see us six, Fifth, fifth or sixth probably would be the floor that has to be the lowest to have a successful season. I 100% agree because as we've done our predictions even, Bradley, we know how good Bradley's going to be this year. They were picked sixth in our thing. So sixth would, yeah, be the floor, would be the lowest. I'd say we should be in the conference this year. Along with the other top five, us or Bradley could flip flop five or six. We know who the top four are. And, yeah, the ceiling, I would say, because I would say we're as good as anybody because our depth is there and our skill sets are there. If we can rebound with teams and shoot, like I mentioned, I think we're the best shooting team in the Valley. Uh, we we could definitely beat anybody. And I would say, yeah, top three. We're not. We're both not saying we – expectations are there to win the Valley, obviously, regular season title. Um, but, you know, those are little lofty expectations and realizations. So, uh, yeah, top three regular season. Valley Tournament, uh, we, we both agree that Sunday is easily the ceiling playing for that championship, and Saturdays in those semifinals. So that's also possible because we've gotten close before. It's all about winning Friday night, avoiding Thursday, obviously, and winning on Friday night to improve your chances to get on that national TV level because we know it's on CBS, the Valley Championship, every year. Um and that's the goal. Obviously, the goal is to get to the Missouri Valley or the NCAA championship and hold that trophy on the end. 
at the end of the tournament because we haven't done it in a very long time. We're thinking we're as good as we've ever been. So um, we obviously have to prove it in beating Colorado and or moving on and facing a team like Colorado State. We'll just put the cherry on top maybe towards the end of the season on how everything else goes. We don't know fully. We know SLU bailed on us this season for next, and we know we're playing Southern Mississippi. We'll get to more of what our non-con is uh, down the road. But beating Colorado and making a statement in this tournament just sets us up for even if we, let's say we finish in our ceiling and the regular season top three, and we have a great record, almost 20 wins or more, and just the Valley's just stacked. But, you know, it's really the bottom teams like the Illinois States suffer, so that makes all of our records great that – you know, any chance for an at-large from what we did in the MTE would definitely help down the way, wouldn't you say? That is correct. Uh, a game like Colorado, uh, Colorado, that's a big game for us. Being in that MTE, the quality teams that are in there. Then we have we have our road games like, I believe we're returning the favor and going to San Francisco's this year. That's a so- solid program. I believe we go to Tulsa this year. That's a big, a solid school. Yeah. Um, then we play our local teams. Like we'll probably play SEMO. Murray State. Maybe Murray State. Um, then you mentioned uh, slew game. Slew game being pushed back. That would have helped our resume too, per se. But yeah. Um, have to wait. Then we've seen the last couple of years that we've had some teams like uh, Howard, Arkansas Pine Bluff come into the arena getting some money from us like a pay pay game teams like that then uh so last year yes we had had a doubleheader against them when we saw maybe maybe we can get a chance to go play at a team like butler again we saw the opportunity we had there to play school like that so once once we get our schedule i'll be really excited to see our schedule but i know we're not scared to play the big boys so if we get a chance to play a team like that we'd love to go yeah, and we were healthy when we played Butler, and we know, you know, if the schedule doesn't work out in your favor, that a lot of teams tweet out or make it known, or they talk with athletic directors and coaches and everything to get games like that in. So, you know, we know it was a COVID year, so maybe that had a lot of a lot to do with everything that went on, because we know we had a lot of games canceled, and everybody did. So, that probably won't be as prevalent this year, and talk and knowing about trying to get games like that. But if you want to help your resume towards the end of the season, that it could before not before conference season starts, that we could definitely see that happening again. And we honestly hope it does. But we're hoping beating Colorado or Colorado State just does it for us, so we don't have to do that down the road. So, uh, great pod today, Noah. This is our Kimberly, this is our, our ninth episode already. Keep following up with our football as well. We're keeping that going. The season's right around the corner. As we mentioned, we'll be going to some games early this season. So keep updated on that. Basketball, we're, like we said, we're about four months away or probably a little more than that. And we, like we said, we, we mentioned, we started this one because of the update on Ben Harvey. Hopefully we update everybody on that. We're not going to say what his full injury is and what he had surgery on until he comes out with it himself or the team does because we don't want to be those people. Um, so for... For him, and then we once we find out more about JD's updates and just up because we want to be healthy going to this thing, obviously. So the more that we can, because we 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 mentioned that the whole team is here besides Ben. We know Anthony's back in town. The whole team was at the Nevability, so we know they're all here. They're all practicing. They're all just getting bigger camaraderie with one another to get this thing going in the right direction to pull off these upsets at the beginning of the year and get this season going how we expect it to, honestly. 
And as we mentioned, the conference will be as difficult as it has been the last 15 years, which is crazy to say. Like we said, the super teams that Missouri State's forming, but then losing Cameron Crutwig. If he came back, it would be even more tough. So we're really glad he's not. We wish him luck in his future. So uh, ninth pod, uh, we'll be sure to have another one. We like to have at least two a, two a week. Uh, but as soon as big news drops, the one with Ben today was big news, just like Sakuz was. So we have to have big news for, but we will, even if it's an all mailbag, we'll be sure to get those in there or just topics that we come up with ourselves. We'll be sure to have a whole podcast directed towards that. We don't want to have a lot of time in between. We want to keep you guys, because we know, you know, we've looked on um, some insider stuff. There are a lot of fans talking, a lot of fans enjoy what we do here. So we want to keep this going for everybody. So keep that coming. Like we said, our DMs are always open. Turn your tweet notifications on for everything for basketball and football. Uh, we'll be sure to keep you updated as best as we can once we receive information as well. So, Noah, for this Dogs Basketball Podcast, I'm Nick Malone. No alerts. Until next time, as always, go dogs.